murderers decoding the crime verse. 911, what's your emergency? Welcome to Decoding the Crime Verse. I'm Nancy Lee. And I am Danny. And today we're back with another serial killer. Because why not? That is why we started the show after <coughs> all. Uh uh-uh. uh. <coughs> you can't complain. No, I'm just coughing. Sure. Mm, it's fine. You know, we didn't start the show for serial we killers. We did. Let's just no, clarify. Let me, let me we tell you the this story. Show because we mm-mm, like crime. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And Nolene and I were at lunch with a group of people. And we somehow got onto the topic of serial killers. And we realized our common love for it. And then we were asked to do the show. Okay, but like we didn't Uh -uh. do it for serial killers. We did it for crime. And now I feel like every single time it's Danny's turn to pick, we're doing someone who's crazy. Like, Yeah, but there are crazy people out there. We can't just not speak about crazy people. You know what? You yourself are crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it comes back to me because she wants to do serial killers. <laughs> so in the 1970s, New York was hit with a wave of terror as the son of Sam roamed the streets. Today, we will look at one of the most notorious serial killers in American history. Now, he is quite a famous serial killer. Yeah. But yesterday, I'm speaking to my the lady I work for. And she was, because we were speaking about my trip to London, and she was explaining about this barber who used to be in London. And then he'd kill the people who came into the shops, bake them into pies, and then sell them on the street. I've heard that somewhere. I've never heard this. This is why you don't eat pie at nice Uh. restaurants. (laughs) Just saying. No, no, aren't you eating? <laughs> Nolini, thank you so much. That's not even shady. I'm just trying to say, like, why would you like go and eat pie of all? The- you know, people are crazy, right? People are pu- putting human meat in pies. Why would you go and voluntarily? Nolini is just taking jabs at people that aren't even I am recording. We're not us. taking a jab at anybody. I was just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so. David Berkowitz was also known as the son of Sam and the. 44 caliber killer. He was, or oh, yeah, an American serial killer who terrorized New York from July 1976 to July 1977. Berkowitz killed six people and wounded seven, most using a 44 caliber bulldog revolver gun. So his early life, if we look at it, David Berkowitz was born Richard David Falco. On June 1st, 1953, in Brooklyn, New York. His unmarried parents separated shortly before he was born and he was put up for adoption. His adoptive parents switched his first and middle names and gave him their surname. From a young age, Berkowitz began to show early signs of his future violent behavior patterns. While he was above average intelligence, he lost interest in school and instead focused on more rebellious habits. Yeah. Berkowitz got involved in petty larceny and phyromania, which I actually have no idea what that is. What is phyromania? Do you know? I will search it. Thank you. I'll Google 
will tell us. However, his misbehavior never led to legal troubles or impacted his school records. When he was 14, Berkowitz's adopted mother died of breast cancer and his relationship with his adoptive father and new stepmother grew strained. I found it. What is it? Pyromania is a type of impulse controlled disorder. I'm questioning already. That is categorized by being unable to resist starting fires. I knew that people with Paramayo know that setting a fire is harmful, but setting fires is the only way they can relieve their built up tension and anxiety. Um, that's or arousal. Nonsense. Okay. Eh. <laughs> so, when he was 18, in 1971, Berkowitz entered the U.S. Army and served both in the U.S. as well as in South Korea. He was honorably discharged three years later. Berkowitz then tracked down his birth mother, Betty Falco, and his mother told him about his illegitimate birth and the recent death of his birth father, and this greatly upset Berkowitz. He eventually lost contact with his birth mother and began working a number of blue-collar jobs. So... A bit of a rocky childhood. Yeah. But then we have his killing spree. So, according to his own accounts, Berkowitz killed... Well, his killing spree began on December 24th, 1975, when he stabbed two women using a hunting knife. One of the women's names was Michelle Foreman, and the other has never been identified. In the early morning hours of July 29th, 1976, 18-year-old Donna Laurie and 19-year-old Jody Valetti were sitting in Valetti's car when Berkowitz walked up to the car and shot them. He fired three shots and walked away. Laurie was killed instantly and Valetti survived. When Valetti was questioned by police, she stated that she did not recognize him and gave a description which fits with a statement by Laurie's father who said he saw the same man sitting in a yellow car hectic guys if you're gonna be a criminal please don't have a car that's very obvious like okay yellow. but bonnie and clyde the car was not yellow wasn't it yellow no it was a yellow i don't think it was a yellow car i'm pretty sure oh, was it what I'm no googling bonnie and clyde car <laughs> wasn't it green it was full on i don't know what this color is that's green. yellow I, this is Danielle Insulin. Nolene, is that not green? Okay, but look at that. That's what I saw. Like, this is yellow. This is no, yellow. It's this green. is the car. No, it's just lighting problems. It's green. This thing is yet. Thank you. <laughs> she green. doesn't remember. I know that this car is yellow. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> Please search the car and you tell us is it green, green or is yellow. it yellow? That car is yellow. It's green. Anyway. Okay. Testimony by other individuals in the neighborhood states that the yellow car had been seen driving around the neighborhood that night. Police determined that the gun used was a 44 caliber bulldog. On October 23, 1976, Berkowitz struck again, this time in Flushing, a community in Queens. Carl De Niro and Rosemary Keenan were sitting in their car parked when the windows shattered. Keenan immediately started the car and drove off. It was not until they got help that they'd realized they'd been shot at, even though De Niro had a bullet wound in his head. So you got shot in the head <laughs> and you don't realize it. <laughs> so you're driving around with a bullet hole. Adrenaline. Okay, I suppose that is true. Yeah. But it's, a, it's not like your arm, it's your brain. It's your brain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, oh, I have a headache. No, you've been shot. Both 
De Niro and Keenan survived the attack and neither of them saw the shooter. Police again determined that the bullets were from a 44 caliber, but at this time they didn't piece it together that the, the shootings were connected because they were in two different parts of New York. Shortly after midnight on November 27, 1976, 16-year-old Donna DeMacy and 18-year-old Joanne Lomo Lomino, Lomino, if I'm saying any of these wrong, I apologize, yeah. were sitting in Lomino's on, on Lomino's porch in Queens. As they talked, a man approached them dressed in military fatigues. He began to ask them for direction in a high-pitched voice before taking out a revolver and shooting at them. They both fell, injured, and the shooter ran away. Both girls survived their wounds, but Lomino was paralyzed. Police were able to determine that the bullets were again from an unknown 44 caliber gun. They were also able to make a composite sketch based on the testimony from the girls and the neighborhood witnesses. My thing is, right, you're shooting at close range. How is it that most of the people have survived? I'm shooting funny. <laughs> like, your, your aim can't be that shocking. But anyway, on January 30th, 1977, Christine Fronde and John Deal were sitting in Deal's car in Queens when their car was shot at. Deal suffered minor injuries and Fraund died of injuries in the hospital. Neither victim saw the shooter. After this shooting, police publicly connected the case with the previous shootings. They observed that all the shootings involved a 44 caliber gun and the shooter seemed to target young women with long dark hair. When the composite sketches from various attacks were released, NYPD officials noted that they were likely searching for multiple shooters. On March 8, 1977, at Columbia University, student Virginia Fors... This surname uh, looks like it's German, but Forsker... Yeah, no. Nolene, do you want to try? Voskerichian. 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 Was shot walking home from class. She lived just one block away from a fellow victim, Christine Freund. She was shot several times and eventually died of a gunshot wound to the head. In the minutes following the shooting, the neighbor who heard the shooting went outside and saw what he described as a short, husky teenage boy sprinting from the crime scene. Other neighbors reported seeing the teenager as well as a man matching Berkowitz's description in the area of the shooting. The earliest media coverage implied that the teenager was the perpetrator. Eventually, a police officials determined that the teenager was a witness and not a suspect. On April 17, 1977, Alexander Esau and Valentina Suriani were in the Bronx, several blocks away from the scene of the Valentina. Valenti and Laurie shooting. The pair were each shot twice while sitting in the car and both died before they could talk to police. Investigators determined that they were killed by the same suspect in the other shootings with the same 44 caliber firearm. At the crime scene, police discovered a handwritten letter addressed to the captain of the NYPD. In this letter, Berkowitz refers to himself as the son of Sam and expressed his desire to continue his shooting sprees. Hectic. And I'm going to read you, he sent more than one letter, but I'm going to read you an abstract from one of his letters and it says, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back to be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. 
Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. He's a child. <laughs> I have not much more to say. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Who writes that in a letter? I'm sure the cops, are, the cops are like, oh, this is so scary. Bang, bang. Okay. Then the manhunt began. With the information from the first letter and the connections between the previous shootings, investigators began to create a psychological profile for the suspect. The suspect was described as neurotic, potentially suffering from paranoid schizophrenia, and was believed to be possessed by demons. Hectic. Police also tracked down every legal owner of a 44 caliber bulldog revolver in New York City and questioned them. That must be quite a bit of people. Yeah. Every person. In addition to forensically testing the guns, they were unable to determine which was the murder weapon. Police also set up traps of undercover police officers posing as couples in parked cars in the hopes that the suspect would reveal himself. On May 30th, 1977, Jimmy Breslin a columnist from the Daily News received a second son of Sam letter. It was postmarked from the same day from Eaglewood, New Jersey. The envelope had the words blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, 44, written on the reverse side. In the letter, the son of Sam stated that he was a reader of the column and referenced several of the past victims. He also continued to mock the New York City Police Department over its inability to solve the case. In the letter, he also asked, what will you have for July 29? Investigators believe that he was giving them a warning as July 29 was the anniversary of the first shooting. One notable observation was that this letter seemed to be written in a more sophisticated manner than the first one, which led investigators to believe that this, the letter could have been written by a copycat. The letter was published about a week later and sent much of New York City into a panic. Many women opted to change their hairstyle due to Berkowitz's pattern of attacking women with, attacking women with long dark hair. Imagine, so now you're just going to go blonde because Mr. Son of <laughs> is killing... Um, brunettes. On June 26, 1977, the son of Sam made another appearance in Bayside, Queens. Sal Lupo and Judy Pulsido were sitting in their car in the early morning hours. Why are we sitting in the car at like one in the morning? Haven't people been killed like this? Yes, Wasn't a couple killed? Yeah. This guys. is why we tell you guys about sitting in cars on the streets. <laughs> Don't do it. Why? They were shot three times. They both suffered minor injuries and survived, though neither of them saw the attacker. However, witnesses reported seeing a tall, stoky man with dark hair fleeing the crime scene, as well as a blonde man with a moustache driving in the area. Police believe that the dark haired man was their suspect and the blonde man was a witness. On July 31st, 1977, just two days after the anniversary of the first shooting, Burke was shot again, this time in Brooklyn. Stacy Mozowitz and Robert Violante were in his car again. <laughs> parked. You don't learn that's no, a guys, problem. Seriously. Parked near a park when a man walked up to the passenger side and began shooting. As usual. Stacy died at the hospital, but Robert suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Unlike most of the other female victims, Stacy did not have long or dark hair. There were several witnesses to the shooting who were able to provide descriptions of the shooter to the police. One of the witnesses described the man 
looking as if he was wearing a wig, which could account for the varying descriptions of the suspects either being blonde or dark-haired. Yeah. Several witnesses saw a man driving, matching Berkowitz's description, wearing a wig, driving a yellow car without any headlights and speeding away from the crime scene. Police decided to investigate the owner's the owners of every yellow car matching the description. David Berkowitz's car was one of those cars, but investigators initially pegged him as just a witness mm. rather than a suspect. Mm -hmm. On August 10th, 1977, police searched Berkowitz's car. Inside, they find a rifle, a duffel bag filled with ammunition, maps of the crime scenes, and an unseen Son of Sam letter addressed to Sergeant Dowd of the Omega Task Force. Police decided to wait for Berkowitz to leave his apartment, hopefully with enough time to obtain a warrant as they'd searched the car illegally. You see, guys, this is where the problem comes in. When you don't do things the right way, <laughs> people get free. Yep. I don't understand. But anyway, the warrant never arrived, but police surrounded Berkowitz when he left his apartment holding a 44 bulldog in a paper bag. When Berkowitz was arrested, he allegedly told the police, well, you got me. How come it took you such a long time? <laughs> when police searched Berkowitz's apartment, they found satanic graffiti drawn on the walls and diaries detailing his alleged 1,400 arsons in New York City. Uh, can we please not blame this on a condition? Like, no. No. When Berkowitz was taken in for questioning, he quickly confessed to the shootings and stated that he would plead guilty. When police asked what his motivation for the killing spree was, he said that his former neighbor, Sam Carr, had a dog that was possessed by a demon, which told Berkowitz to kill. Sam Carr is the same Sam that inspired his nickname, the Son of Sam. Okay. <laughs> Berkowitz was sentenced to 25 years in prison for each murder, served in New York's Supermax prison, which is Antica Correctional Facility. In February 1979, Berkowitz held a press conference and stated that his claims about demonic possession was a hoax. Berkowitz stated to a court-appointed psychiatrist that he was lashing out in anger against the world that he felt had rejected him. She felt... He had been particularly rejected by women, which could be one of the reasons that he specifically ta targeted attractive women. Yeah. In, 1990, in 1990, not 1999, Berkowitz was moved to Sullivan Correctional Facility, where he remains today. So he must be still alive. Yeah. That's quite freaky. He was young, though. So, yeah. So he was born in... He's 69. <laughs> Yo, he's been in prison for years. Well, he's been in prison since 1979. Hectic. Is that right? Yeah. Damn. And I don't think he's ever getting out. Nah, just stay there, bro. But I also read somewhere that he'd converted to Christianity, but I don't know if that's true. I might be making things up or getting people. Well, he confused. has had a lot of years. If he hasn't by now, Son I don't know what to say to him. Let's see, converts to. Let's see. Because, like we said, I, I, never be, I, I know some. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer claimed. Mm. But I. Yeah, serial killer son of Sam. Now he says he's born again. And he now says he's son of hope and doesn't want to leave prison. 
what is what? wrong with this man and being a son of like bruh? 40 years after his deadly shooting spree terrorized New York City, David Berkowitz wants to stay behind bars and is a born again Christian. In the years since his arrest ended a reign of terror over New York City. Da 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 da. He has rechristened himself as son of hope, claiming he's a born again Christian. Whoa, he looks very different now. Look at him with his little Bible. Okay, but son of hope. Son of hope. Like, oh, yeah. why does he always have to be like son of son? son of hope? It's weird. It's weird, dude. Hi. I don't even know. <laughs> I think for me, like, He's, he probably he still wanted he is that tension. He's genuinely sorrowful and does not want to get out of prison. He knows he deserved to die and deserves to be exactly where he is. But is he Christian then? Because then how is he not understanding that we've been saved from our sins? Son of hope. Yeah, what hope does he have okay, in his life? But like... I get he wants to pay for what he he's did, done. Yeah. I get that. But like, I feel like at the same time, he should understand that it's been paid for by now. Yeah, but just because he's now said he's a Christian doesn't... I mean, now anyone could start claiming they've converted to christian and be let back out on the street you see yeah but if he has the this. opportunity he's choosing to stay in prison but he doesn't have he doesn't get parole oh he hasn't no. yet oh, okay so he's not thinking of any prison breaks anytime soon hopefully not by other inmates berkowitz now participates in an online ministry that is operated for him by evangelical evangelicals where did that come from <laughs> christians he gets thousands of hits for that site because he is an interesting character. Son of hope. I cannot reconcile his deeds with the person I know today. It is hard to believe that one time he was so wicked, so evil, so violent. You never know. Anyone can be saved. Yeah, I guess. I, Paul I, was I cr guess. killing Christians, so. And yeah. son of Sam was killing brunettes in their cars. Yeah. So. <laughs> I suppose the only way we'll ever know is if you get to heaven one day and he's there or if he's not there. Danny, you would have died in your car. Yes. <laughs> I would have. Sure. If I knew someone was killing people in their car, <laughs> do you think I'd get in a car? <laughs> I don't think they not. knew at that point in time. Sorry, in the news, couple killed in car. <laughs> couple killed. I'm not sitting foot in a car. I'm not leaving my house. I'm changing. I'm going blonde, even though I'd look like a ghost. <laughs> and I'm... Yeah, no. No. Hectic. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is the son of Sam. Uh, he's one of those, I mean, but he really was. I mean, he's those type that send letters and yeah. they're there for he the thrill of it. Attention mm. and the thrill. And the, the thrill. Oh, Han, what do you feel about the demonic dog statement? <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. Like, the demonic dog told me. If, if a dog comes up to me and starts speaking, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to be like, Jesus. Not if, you're the son of son. not if you're the son of Sam. If you are, you're leaning in and you're like, tell me. What Sorry, Nolene, what are you doing if the dog is talking if to you? If you're the son of Sam, you're listening to the dog and you're taking instructions. I'm asking what you would do. Me? I'm not even there, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even there. Oh, guys, if a dog started talking to me, absolutely not. I would have known I've lost it. I would have booked myself into hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd just fall down right there, like drop finished imagine i'll me. just look at it and i'll be like uh, what <laughs> no? mm. yeah so 
very much one of the most famous serial killers out there. He's yeah. known by a lot of people. And I mean, he did to terrorize that New York like that. I yeah. mean, he had 13 victims in total. And I feel when it comes to serial killers, I, I, I never think we actually grasp how many people they, they could have killed. Because yeah. we've often had people exaggerate or people be like, no, I only killed two. Yeah. But I mean, how many shootings happen in New York a day? Yeah. Any one of those could have been him and could have been then classified as something else. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? So and we've I seen don't a lot of times. I don't think we have the full extent of what he did. Yeah. But I mean, a hun- one th- over a thousand arsons. Where does f- man have the time? We do also have killers that tell us that they've killed more people, but then they're only like incarcerated yeah. for three. It's like, But ah. again, they can only be incarcerated for the ones they can prove. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but... That is all for this week. We will see you next time. But from now until next time, no mourners. No funerals. Radio has never been better, baby. This is Active FM. Go to www.activefm.co.za for more.